This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about the technology that affects us all, but few of us understand, presented in a format that can give you some basic understanding and the time it takes to drive to the grocery store. I'm Luke Covey, an independent journalist who's been writing about various technologies ranging from renewable energy to digital security for more than 40 years. I probably know more about it than you do, and if I don't, I will introduce you to those who do. We are taking a break from election interference this week uh, so we can focus on a less frustrating issue, advertising. <laughs> so no one likes it unless they're an advertising executive. Most people who run advertising programs for their companies don't like dealing with advertising people. And I don't know anyone who likes advertising unless it's an, adver- in an entertaining Super Bowl ad. But advertising is what delivers information and entertainment, so it's a necessary evil. But things are changing in that world. And now I have a blog uh, called Communications Basics, which you can find on the Footwatcher Media website, which has looked at media, advertising, news, content, and society's interdependence on all of those things. And this particular podcast is going to kind of be a, a revival of that blog because we are going to go we are going through a sea change right now in digital marketing thanks to recent legislation and technology changes. Now a few weeks ago we talked to Tim Beharin of Creative Strategies about those changes and we're going to go a little bit deeper into it today uh, with an interview with a content marketing specialist. But first we want to help educate you on some of the basics and there's nothing more basic to digital marketing than cookies. No, I'm not talking about the delicious snack. I'm talking about tiny bits of code that are dropped, and that's the technical term, on your device browser or app every time you visit a site or check in at a restaurant or use a Wi-Fi hotspot. These bits of code are called cookies. All have different purposes, and thanks to the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation and California, which also is known as the GD. Uh, excuse me, GDPR, and the California Consumer Privacy Protection Act, also known as the CCPA, you have greater control over whether this code can be dropped on your device and what it can do. But most people don't even know what or how to use the controls. So here's a hint. When you go to a website and a a window will pop up, and that's because of the GDPR and CCC, the California laws. Don't want to get lost in all those acronyms here. So, and what it does, it'll give you uh, a, a box that will ask you about whether you really want the organization to that you're visiting to drop all kinds of cookies into your machine. If you click the X to close the window, as most people do, you're giving permission, even though you didn't click the one that says yes. Uh, you will generally find one or two buttons. Uh, the two buttons will say, one specifically says, you accept all cookies, which is the same as clicking the X. And one that says, do not sell my information. If you click that one, another window pops up, and that gives you a lot of boring text about your options, and I think they're written in such a way to make you actually want to ignore the entire process altogether. Uh, if, but if you click that one and you go through the list, I'm going to tell you why you need to take the time 
And I'm going to tell you what these things mean without having to read the boring text. Now, the first category that will show up are called strictly necessary cookies. You don't have an option on that. These are also known as first party cookies. You don't have control, but that's okay because this is one to make sure you don't have to keep entering your password or refilling forms while you're still on the site. And that's what it does. It'll, as you type in your password and your name and your address, or you fill out a form or whatever, it just stores that stuff on your computer so that the next time you come back there, they can recognize you. Uh, there's, now, there's no other personal information in these cookies uh, stored by the organization you're visiting. They're only stored on your device. So you don't really need to worry about those. The second option are called either performance or analytics cookies. Now, the managers of the websites want to see how many people are visiting their site and how often they come back because that's how they justify their existence. They know, want to know how well this uh, website is attracting people. Uh, and these cookies are also stored on your machine, but they start setting up tracking data so managers can record uh, not only when and how you use them, but where you are when you use them. Like when you go to a, a restaurant and you use a Wi-Fi hotspot there, uh, it'll add to that, that your cookie. Now, if you trust the organization and want them to be successful, then you might want to agree to let them drop that cookie. If you're not, it, but, but if you are just checking out, uh, out something on the website and probably won't ever come back, well, it's okay to click that option off. Say, no, you don't uh, want them to be working. Again, there's no personal data in these cookies. However, the data collected through these cookies can be shared with other companies. Um, for, for, for example, uh, well, no, we'll get into the examples later. Now, some companies might lump the category of functionality cookies under performance cookies, and sometimes they separate them out. But if I don't have the option, I usually click that option off. And, and, and if they do separate them, then I will say yes to performance because that'll make it the whole experience run faster and no to functionality unless I'm comfortable with the organization. Now, the last core category is the one you really need to consider. These are what I call targeting cookies. And they do all the things the other two do, but they can also include personal data. And they can be shared with other organizations for a price. This is what fuels the trillion-dollar digital marketing world. And these are known as third-party cookies. You might notice I didn't mention second-party cookies. That's because that's the kind of a squishy term. First-party cookies are set by and only by the site you are visiting. Second-party cookies are also set by the originating site, but then they can be shared with partners. This is what I wanted to get into earlier. Let's say you decide to buy an airline ticket from a particular airline site. That airline may have partnerships with rental agencies and hotels. You might notice that when you make your reservation for your flight, you may also get offers for a special deal from one or both of them. That's because the airline has shared performance and targeting cookies with them, which is why you might think twice before you allow those cookies to be dropped. It can also happen if you go up to Amazon and buy dish soap and suddenly find yourself getting ads for palm olive, even though you didn't buy palm olive. Well, let's go back to third-party cookies. This is where things get hinky. And unless you want to support the organization you are visiting financially, without actually giving them money, don't accept these cookies at all. 
The organizations who drop these cookies are paying for the right to do so and are collecting data on you without your permission, really. I mean, it's tacit approval, but this is where most people don't realize what's going on. Now, before the GDPR and the CCPA happened, this happened all the time. And the reason those laws, and those are, this is the reason those laws exist. These are the crown jewels that hackers covet. And if they can't buy them, they steal them and get all kinds of financial and personal harm can come from them. So unless you trust the company and what they're doing with your information, just say no. The profligate use of third-party cookies has driven a significant amount of identity theft and fraud in the digital world. As a result, these com the companies that control the sale and distribution of them are under significant government uh, scrutiny and are trying to head off even more intrusive government regulation. Apple uh, fired the first shot by allowing uh, the user to block tracking of iOS devices. That's coming this uh, next month. And Google recently announced that they're going to stop allowing third-party cookies to be set on their browser products over the next two years. Now, together, these actions will cause no small amount of concern to the digital marketing industry. That is bigger than $1 trillion worldwide. How they adapt to these changes is the focus of our next interview. But first. So as I mentioned earlier, I was talking to Tim Beharin about this particular technology change. And uh, one of the questions I asked him was whether he had talked to anybody in the marketing and advertising industry about it. And he said he had talked to a couple of them and they are concerned. And he's going to be doing more research on that. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the advertising world is going to stop. It means they're going to have to change how they do things. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because right now advertising, it really doesn't work too well. Maybe you might, if you get a 1% return off of your advertising uh, response rate, uh, you're doing good. But that's, to me, that's not good. That means you're still shotgunning stuff out and you're bothering people. And you shouldn't do that. So I decided to call up my old buddy, Adam Helwe, who is a, uh, a self-described digital marketing expert and the CEO and founder of Secret, uh, Secret Sushi, a marketing agency here in the Bay Area. Uh, we have a comparable passion for developing, engaging, and informative content. So he and I will probably agree on a lot of that stuff. But Adam, thanks for joining us. And tell me, is there chaos in the marketing world? Uh, well, thanks, Lou. I, I uh, there, there isn't chaos per se, but there's definitely folks that are trying to look at how they market, right? Because what we really are talking about here is data associated with advertising and advertising is not marketing as a whole. And I think that that's a little bit where the challenge happens is what portion of your marketing ends up being reliant upon advertising and and, and is that how much of that is going to end up being impacted by this change or any of the other changes that I think are going to continue to come down um, the, the road because of the sort of push and pull of, of um, not just who has ownership over, over the data, but whether or not you've got folks like Apple who are, uh, it's less about ownership over the data and more about trying to be seen as a bastion of, of privacy and security in comparison to some of the other companies Um or, or not. So I think that's a little bit of the question there is, is should you be doing that much advertising or be that reliant upon advertising uh, versus maybe some other type of, of marketing where that privacy element is, is less of a, of a barrier moving forward? 
Okay. And uh, on top of that issue with, with, with Apple is also that Google is going to start uh, uh, stopping third-party uh, cookies from being inserted into uh, digital media. Uh, essentially, I think that's, that's more an issue for, for Google and that they're saying, well, this is something we started, this whole cookie issue, uh, and, we, and we make money off of it. And we don't see any reason why anyone else should be making that same kind of money. Are you seeing any issues within your, your clientele or at, with your compatriots about Google's decision on that? Not yet. I mean, we, we have to... We have to see where it lands partially yeah. and, 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 and see where as we're utilizing Google data for Google advertising, we should be okay on that front. When it comes to how Google plays and is interoperable when it comes to like cross-device and cross-channel advertising and you start being able to, to use that in conjunction with like maybe what you're doing on Facebook and Instagram um, or, or other channels, I think that's where we're going to see a little bit more of a breakdown where now suddenly the, the, what we can do in, on a particular uh, channel ends up being more siloed because the data isn't um, interoperable across those different networks. And that's what's going to end up causing, um, I think, more, more issues. On top of that, we don't know necessarily whether Google's going to start peeling away some of what it shares from a first-party perspective um, in regards to what they share within their own tools and, and, uh, and services. So that may end up making it a little bit more difficult, for instance, for marketers just utilizing, let's just say Google and not going across channels to look at their own data and suddenly not understand as well how to target um, and that that starts to go behind the curtain a little bit more. I mean, if you recall years and years and years ago, they started to do that with, um, the security and, and privacy related to just keyword searches. And so the data that was getting pulled into things like Google Analytics um, started to be less and less useful when it came to search and understanding what the audience was searching for and coming to your site. And although you have a lot of that, that information in something like a search console that's directly uh, data that comes directly from Google, uh, overall, it's really challenging to see that data in conjunction or, or, or uh, sort of reported alongside the stuff that you see inside your analytics and Google analytics, because a lot of it says, you know, uh, uh, essentially no resource not found or, or whatever there where it's masked because of privacy uh, settings from the user or on the browser or something like that. So it, we don't know whether they're going to start again, moving where the, the line is between where they're hiding that data for themselves and giving it to the marketers or to the, to the brands to work with if that line is going to start, you know, getting smaller and smaller, pushing smaller and smaller towards the side of, of the brands. And we're going to have to sort of rely on the good intentions of, of folks like Google to get the, get the ads in front of the right audience. Yeah. And that, that, that issue of security that you, you brought up is, is interesting as well. Uh, when we talk about these third, third party cookies, because, do you, do you work much with companies like Marketo and HubSpot? Yes. Yep. Okay. Part of their selling point is that they put their own cookies into the, the content. And if Google is going to be blocking that, uh, that kind of hurts them. And then you've got companies like Firefox and DuckDuckGo and even Safari now 
are also have have limited the ability uh, to apply third party cookies. And then you have the GDPR and the California Consumer Privacy Act that uh, make it possible for uh, the audience to actually shut those things off. Although that's not really working too well because it requires every, every, you know, I, I've noticed now that every time I go to a website, it pops up, you know, can we, can we collect your cookies? Uh, and you have to go through the process of going to a, a separate page and saying, no, you can't. And you have to keep doing it over and over and over again. And people are just not going to do that. So um, the way it's set up is kind of self-defeating. But have you heard anything from these marketing automation companies about how they're going to be over, overcoming this particular issue? Uh, honestly, I haven't. It, but what you're saying reminds me a lot, for instance, about how like Safari as a browser and especially on a, on a mobile devices have um, are providing less data than other um, than than other browsers are. Right. So what you're talking about is we've got all these marketing automation platforms that each have their own sort of individual play that they're trying to to, to make use of because they've got to find a way of. Uh, of helping to understand what the life of the lead is like internally within their system and their reporting. It's a value that they add uh, or that they provide, excuse me, through their, through their tool. But then you've got also individual devices and individual browsers, each with their own issues, not to mention um, the, 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 the networks um, as they are, whether there be the channels and the social networks in, in places where we're advertising on or the, um, or the, or the, or the actual advertising platforms uh, them themselves, they're all, it's like slicing things a million ways and each of them has their own individual thing going on, uh, within there. And so I think the expectation should be for, for marketers or people looking at the marketing is, is that the data that they have is not complete. It's not going to be complete. It is not complete at all. Uh, and that they need to, um, always sort of look, look with a discerning eye at that data to, um, to, to not think of it as, yes, this is the end all be all. The data that I'm looking at is 100% complete and it's accurate and all of the data sources that bring this data in um, are giving me the complete picture. It, I don't think that's ever gonna be the case and that's not ever gonna, it's not because, it's not because of the mechanics or the operational side of things. It's because those networks, all the, all the competing networks have, um, different in uh, different different intentions and different um uh, i'm trying to think of the right word but basically they're not they're thinking of things for themselves in a lot of ways and how they're going to be able to have an edge because that data and that ac- access to those things is a different is what keeps them at bay from you know keeps their competitors at bay and so on so unfortunately in the same way as we're in that difficult situation when it comes to browser wars or when it comes to uh, mobile device wars uh, Android and iOS we sort of are in that same vein now I think when it comes to all of this data and how marketers going to be able to both leverage it or glean the effectiveness of say their paid advertising campaigns from it. And that brings us to the silver lining in all of this, at least for people like you and me is that because we're more, you have always been more focused as I realize on creating quality, engaging content. Uh, And that's, that's what my entire focus is on, on as well. So, it's going to be, companies are going to be less uh, able to 
game the system through SEO and they're going to have to start developing really good content that actually engages people and makes things happen. So are you finding, yeah, yeah we were talking earlier before we, we got into this, um, how you're seeing an increase in business from a particular segment. Do you want to get into that at all? Well, yeah, I mean, just internally with the agency, we, we've started over the last few years, I think it probably started with one company and then snowballed, but working with this, or maybe it's just a factor of how the industry is expanding in this area where it's, it, it's uh, a lot of companies that are related to DevOps, AI ops, um, you know, network security and all these things. And they're almost all of them always have some element of AI layered on top of it. Um, to try to sort of be more proactive versus reactive to be able to have uh, sort of an entity that is uh, monitoring things on behalf of the of the organization from an AI perspective and, and helping to scale things because companies are becoming they're, they're, every company is a technology driven company in some shape or form, some more than others, depending on industry and, and scale. And as that stuff scales, the the you know CIO and and CISO and a, uh, whoever it is that's in charge of all of this stuff um, or has a hand in it cannot scale properly at, at the speed at which the amount of devices and and and, and connected uh, systems and tools and all that are are, are growing um, and so going also going to what you were talking about regarding content and such like when it came to the to the rollout of GDPR. And of course, like we've got the California um, stuff as well that rolled out recently. As a marketer, I, it kind of was like, oh, crap, we've got now some bumps in the road that we're going to have to deal with. But as a human being and as somebody who actually really, uh, like as, as a human being, in, in, in opposition to being a marketer, being a human being, uh, but, but, being, <laughs> <laughs> but, but being a, you know, being a, 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 a customer as well, right? And being somebody who can appreciate trying to market in a in a human fashion to to individuals and treat folks more like people and customers than say like leads and clicks and the data that they produce, um, I saw it as a a move in the direction that I think would be a little bit of a I'll say a correction, but it's the correct way to go from the standpoint of people should understand more about the data that they are providing you based on the value of that data that they believe that they're giving you and the value that they're getting back from individuals. So from a, from a, from a paid advertising perspective, having folks have more control under understanding of that is a great thing. In addition to that, it means that the, I think, excuse the expression, but half-assed approach that a lot of folks have to creating content or to creating stuff that actually is of value versus just simply putting an advertisement out there to, to, to somebody, um, it starts to become more important and it's put more front and center because creating good content, ultimately, like it lasts longer than advertising. It's one thing to like say, I'm going to put my, I'm going to put my money on a billboard on the side of the road. Well, after your month contract or three months or however long it is, it's over those eyeballs aren't going to be able to see that billboard any longer, nor the advertisement you had in the magazine or on the radio. Although those are, those all have their places being able to create really great content that helps somebody out um, and, or solves a problem or informs them or entertains them. It's, it's, it's more timeless and it provides a much, much higher value. But in addition to it, creates a, a much better customer affinity and uh, and stronger relationships with those customers than say just a you know a straight advertisement does i think the place now where this may overlap 
is when it comes to using paid channels and, and targeting and all the stuff we're talking about to amplify content. Because right now, unfortunately, as attention becomes, as attention has always been finite, but because there's so many more pieces of content that can flow through any, any network, let's take Facebook, for example, like Facebook went from in the early days, 20, maybe 30% at times of folks that were connected to your brand on Facebook would see a piece of content organically. And then quickly over time, we saw that go to like 10%. And then right now, if you were to have, let's say a thousand people, uh, you know, uh, that are, that are on your, on your page uh, or, or that have, have liked your brand or whatever you want to call it, following your brand, we're, we're going to see a, a, a tiny bit. I mean, under, I would uh, about a dozen people, if you're lucky, that are going to see that piece of content organically, just simply by the nature of how much content that they're the following and that other people are producing, and so on and so forth. And so um, this, of course, is good for somebody like Facebook, which is like, well, cool, just boost it, or just put some money behind some piece of content. And I think that I think that there's a strategy for that. And it, and, and it plays an important part. Um, but, but when it comes to trying to get that content to reach beyond the bounds of the folks that are connected to your brand, meaning that the folks that have liked your brand, it's one thing to, to pay, unfortunately, for those people within, uh, that, that have already liked your page and said, Hey, I like you. I'm, I'm willing to, to see your content, even though they won't see as much unless that content is really, really good. Um, the folks now beyond those four walls of your brand page or your business profile or your, Twitter follower following or whatever it is, um, won't see that content unless the content is really, really good or you pay to amplify it to an audience. And when paying to amplify to an audience beyond, uh, beyond now that come to the targeting and the data and the accuracy of all that data comes into play. And, um, we're going to see some rough times, I think when it comes to trying to, to find that ideal audience and get it dialed in so that we get the results that we're expecting. Well, it's good news for content creators. Yeah, I mean, it, it, content creation should always be, in my opinion, uh, at, at the top of the at the top of the list. And yeah. um, folks are just not doing it as much because it's a lot easier to just go to some agency or, or whoever and just go, "Hey, we've got ten thousand dollars a month, or however much, whatever they've got every single month. Go ahead and and place, you know, and place some ads." So, I think we're going to end up there because that's a positive note as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> agreed agreed all right so that was our interview with adam helwell of secret sushi um there are other changes that are happening uh that are an outgrowth of what we're talking about here and i've actually done the interviews over the past year with a couple of those companies one of them is um make inc m-a-i-k-e-i-n-c dot com uh which is a athletic shoe uh, website that uh, uses an AI to determine what the best shoe is according to data that you give them. And the thing is, is that they don't sell that data. They, it, is, it is completely controlled between you and, and Make Inc. Uh, and what they do is they set you up with vendors of athletic shoes. And that could be either online or it could be a brick and mortar store near you and finds the best deals for the best 
product for you. But again, none of that stuff is sold. It 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 doesn't go out into the world. It is and it it only sets up a communication path between you and the vendor. And that's a very key issue that's going to be coming forward because when you have companies like Google and Facebook and Twitter that are collecting all this data on you and then selling it to someone else, that creates a problem. Uh, and that's going to be going away. Another company that's doing that that we've, we've talked to in the past is Widget.co. That's W-I-D-G-E-T.co. Uh, There's another startup. And what they do is they actually set up conversations between you and the uh, the vendor that you're working with so that there is no data that is actually collected and stored. Uh, they are working with uh, uh, grocery stores, with uh, car dealerships, with entertainment venues, and they've got a few deals that they've just told me about that I can't tell you about uh, that will take them into the world of entertainment. Uh, so uh, again, the future is not collecting data, but but building actual relationships, one-on-one, hardwired, hot relationships between vendors and customers. So that's it for this issue of Crucial Tech. Um, if you have questions, comments, uh, suggestions for stories, you can go to the anchor.fm site and you can actually leave a voice message. One minute. That may end up uh, coming up on a, a show. Uh, it may ha- help us decide for a new uh, episode. Or if you have any comments uh, about what we've said that you want to correct something or you want to add to, you can do that too. We'd love to hear from you. You can also send us uh, messages at footwashermedia.com slash contact. Uh, and if you, uh, if you want to uh, put in more information there, uh, we are, we're really looking forward to talking to people about this. Uh, all, we are also looking for sponsors and we are looking for any kind of donation whatsoever because we don't make a lot of money doing this. Uh, so this has been Luke Covey with Crucial Tech. Thanks for listening.